Hey, we're back in our respective places. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, lots of Dayquil in me. Uh, the, uh, the second COVID shot has kicked my ass. Either that or I got actual COVID in Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, which is also a possibility. Um, right. Because, you know, I, I uh, Wednesday, I got a fee like the worst fever I've ever had. Like my skin hurt to the touch. Um, wow. And I, I've got this cough that will not go. Like it kept me up half the night. I'm coughing up this really just disgusting looking crap. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, but yeah, I, I Googled like the cough with the phlegm and the, you know, the fever and stuff. And, and basically the internet was like, you, you just somehow unfortunately got COVID in the period between when you got your shot and when you were finally like clear of this. (laughs) So in that one, two week window where I had to keep myself safe, there's a possibility I've got the shit. So if if I don't feel better tomorrow, I'm just going to go get tested just to see. Yeah. Well, yeah, then that's also why one of our listeners, when the, uh, the they had the releases the other day, we were like, you guys should you guys do an emergency thing of uh, the dark match. And it was like, there's no way Matt's going to be available. It's just going to be me talking to the ether about why Strowman was fired. I'd like, that's that's not really that great. Oh, no, because that that was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was the day where I was like curled up in a ball, shivering, like sweating my ass off, but freezing at the same time. Like, yeah, that would have even if I had gotten on here, it would have been me like in the chair like this (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) So Uh. but yeah, they what the hell is going on with these releases? I, I don't know if you saw the cage side article, which basically was just copying stuff from or just referencing stuff from WrestleNomics. They were talking about how the WWE's um, locking everybody up to keep them from going AEW to crush AEW didn't work. Not really. I mean, it kind of worked in some cases, but all these wrestlers renewed their contracts at ridiculous probably appropriate salaries honestly like getting paid a million a year to like destroy your body like this yeah you should be getting paid that but for wwe it's ridiculous uh, contracts and since since it didn't work they're just trying to fix it and they're trying to just release the people that they don't feel like it's worth the money they're they're paying them for Uh, you know it's it's weird too though like you know i i was thinking about it in terms of of the pandemic and, you know, right now is probably not the right time to assess the value of anybody to your company, yeah. considering you, they only have to work one one day a week right now. Uh, but you did that to yourself uh, when you locked all these contracts in. But you're going to need people like if you want Roman to be a healthy top guy, he can't work 320 days a year taking bumps. Yeah. Like he can't do a full house show schedule. Strowman can do a full house show schedule because if he gets hurt, you've worked around him before. Like, yeah, it I, I, I get the point of streamlining. And if they're going to stick to this, you know, Friday through Monday kind of super show sort of tour where they're only 
you know, it's like a hundred days out of the year instead of 310 or whatever it is they normally work. Yeah. That that's functional. You can streamline the shit out of your, I mean, you're also losing three days worth of live event revenue, but I mean, I mean, I don't know if you were going to any of these live events, like even on a weekend, they weren't full. So why are they running a show on, on Wednesday? Yeah, the, the last one I went, the last house show that I went to that wasn't Starcade, um, it was still at what used to be Phillips Arena and now is State Farm. Um, the entire top level was closed off. Uh, so those starting at $10 tickets were like the back row of the lower bowl at at wow. Phillips, um, and it was still only like half full. Um, I think, I think that's the that's the show I sat like second row on the floor, and my tickets were only like sixty eight bucks or something. Wow. Yeah, and this whole idea that WWE is selling, it was exciting. It was an exciting story, like because there's just the the idea that it could happen was exciting. Not. I don't know if it's a good exciting, a bad exciting. I think it's probably more of a bad exciting, I guess. But um, but it was like there's like that would have been a huge game changer, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the it's it's a bad like it's it's nervous excitement yeah. because you got to remember the last time that that one of these bigger companies sold. I guess I guess before Anthem bought Impact was when Dixie Carter bought tna yeah and we saw what the hell she did with that so the last thing we fucking need is some real estate conglomerate buying wwe like it's the fucking atlanta braves and just <laughs> running it into the, the shitter um yeah i mean right now while they've got solid competition from from two other promotions um and billy corgan is apparently like super interested in Braun Strowman already. So like he's clearly in the in the place to make moves. NWA could start to jump up there. Ring of Honor's gonna start doing actual shows again. I mean we're we're at a point now where like that as 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 weird as it is to say it after years of of just the entire internet wrestling community complaining about Vince Vince is the only thing holding the shit heap together at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for good or bad, he's the one that's keeping this thing going. So, well, I, and if you think about, you know, Turner, AOL Time Warner owning WCW and like that, that didn't help. And they, they were like, oh, we don't want to own wrestling anymore. And they sold it for pennies on the dollar to Vince McMahon. Like, yeah, it's. If they if they sold it, there's a chance that, it, you know, corporate synergy just drives into the ground. I mean, Vince could very well and is driving into the ground, but the corporation could do even more. I mean, like uh, the, the only the only truly positive outcome I could see is if if the Pauls, uh, Heyman and Levesque somehow were financially capable of buying it. Um <laughs> Because a, a a Heyman Triple H run organization, I just I see being phenomenal. Um, really, anything that Heyman gets a, a massive say in the creative direction of. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's there's if he's selling, it ain't gonna be for another couple of years. Um, yeah. And speaking of Turner and WCW, 
Do you ever wonder if Ted Turner just sits around and is like, why in the fuck did I do that deal with AOL? Like they cost him, they cost him everything that he loved on his network. Like he loved WCW. They yeah. made him sell the Braves and that was his baby. Like did nobody in the, in the boardroom think to look to him and say, Ted, they're, they're not going to let you keep all these things that you love. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he retired a very rich man and oh, he, he probably he could have bought back some of that stuff. But, you know, yeah, he chose not to. I mean, he, hell, he could have he could have just bought WCW himself and found some other home for it. You know, like even if it's like not a thing, they W I'm pretty sure WWE bought them for one million dollars. Like, yeah, that's not was, much at all. Nothing. Yeah, and like I want to say, he sold the the Braves for like a third of what market value should have been. Yeah, um, so it did, yeah, it was it was the 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 sell off when AOL came in was just, and to think that AOL had that sort of pull nowadays is it's it's already ridiculous. But well, um, with. Heyman in control like Heyman was in control of WWE I feel like they'd still have Andrade yeah I, I agree I think that I think that with Heyman in control um they they might have to lose an AJ Styles or two mm-hmm. um but in the grand scheme of things he's always been the guy standing behind like your your potentially top guys like he steps into yeah. the fold and Roman's the best he's ever been. Uh, Cesaro was a Paul Heyman guy. I mean, for all the, the shit that you can say about Brock Lesnar now, like Brock Lesnar for the years and years when I wasn't watching and I've gone back and looked at some of it, Brock Lesnar that was invested was, I mean, he was a centerpiece. Like there's, there's no other way to, to frame it. he, he's a um, he's a freak of nature and and paul Heyman saw it just like the basically brock jr they've got at the performance center now (laughs) Heyman's already on the ground level he's like i made sure this guy got signed he's a paul Heyman guy day one like he he just he sees things and i'm glad they let him just kind of run off at the mouth on talking smack i guess i'm sure vince never watches it and you know, most of the people in the boardroom probably don't either because yeah. he just he just goes for it. Um, you know, tell like two weeks before they became women's tag champs, he's telling Tamina and Natalia they have no fire. And then they go out on SmackDown the next week and are just obliterating folks. And they just look invested like he he just knows how to get people to do what they're supposed to do. Um that A&E documentary with, with Stone Cold, where he was basically like being in a room with Paul Heyman is the reason Stone Cold Steve Austin inevitably existed. Um, yeah. So it's it's amazing just the, the influence he can have in 20-minute in interactions with somebody. Yeah. Um, Although I definitely have him not manage the books because if anything I've heard about ECW is uh, Tommy Dreamer didn't get paid and there was one point where Tommy Dreamer was uh, thinking about stabbing uh, Paul Heyman on on camera <laughs> for real because he had been paid in like months. But, but uh, then he got his 418th concussion and forgot yeah. he was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, need man. to do a dark side with Tommy Dreamer, just where he gets to talk about concussion issues. Cause yeah. Like that guy, his when he tells his stories about concussions and how he forgets his wife name wife's name for like hours on end, it's just mm. heartbreaking. Well, back to Andrade, he showed up on Dynamite this past week, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy Jr. attempting to say Andrade's full ring name because he can't do it. And Excalibur tried to help him, and I I I, I, I commend him for trying, uh, Jr. for trying. But it's it's uh, I give it like three weeks before he gives up uh, <laughs> trying to say say it. So it was a little I, underwhelming how he was brought out with Vicky. It was just kind of like, and there was like a weird lag time between her saying his name and him actually coming out. Like it almost felt like some kind of prank. I kind of thought that. They, he was waiting for them to turn on an entrance music that just yeah. never came. So he was just kind of standing there waiting for it and just kind of had to wing it at that point. Yeah. Um, it felt weird. I mean, he's he's definitely bigger time than, um, than needing an introduction from Vicky Guerrero. Um, yeah. it's He's not going to fit into that weird, weird, like, undercard stable thing that she's got that's all women. Um so I, I didn't I didn't get that. Uh, at least day one, he wasn't inducted into the fucking nightmare family. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> something went right on that uh, that introduction. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, and it seemed like he was issuing a challenge for Miro, which um, I could be really on board that match. Um, yeah, because we are getting that uh, the triple A make a champion uh title shot against omega uh, later this summer i think yeah. it's august so we'll have that and that'll be on triple mania and that'll be pretty good um but until then I, it'll be great to see him mix it up and i i hope he makes it to to new japan or new japan comes to america and him and naito uh kind of team together at some point because the you know essentially the original some of the original Los Ingobernables. This is something something I always struggle with. Making fun of JR, but I can't even make it through that faction name. All right. You didn't you didn't call him Andrade El <laughs> <laughs> He kept getting stuck on the L's. Yeah. Uh well, so what uh did you even check out um Raw this week? Yeah. I yeah. did. Um anything, I, anything I still it you know it, Raw is easy to bag on, and I do it myself. But I I keep finding myself turning it on just because Bobby Lashley has been so damn good. I don't understand the weird, like, stable of women that are following him and MVP around like they're the godfather. Um, doesn't, doesn't work for me. But MVP also obliterated a troll on the internet who, who talked about <laughs> Who said some some untoward things about the the lovely ladies that that follow the uh, what remains of the hurt business around? Um, but yeah, I, I've I've it's it's been it's been real fucking weird, man. Since since right before WrestleMania, I like the switch flipped for me, and I, I can't stop watching Bobby Lashley. Like 
there's something so alluring about him. And I used to think he was so boring. Um, I don't know if it's that he doesn't do promos and MVP does all the mic work. Um, but yeah, I, I find him wildly entertaining. Um, we also got another seed planted for Team RK Bro. Uh, Randy Orton hit a uh, Bro Derek to win his singles match against Xavier Woods this week. Um, the best, the best thing on Raw is is easily Matt Riddle following Randy Orton during his entrance and like singing the entrance theme behind him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part of Raw each week, but. Yeah, between RK Bro and uh, and Bobby Lashley, I can't stop watching. I can't tell you anything that happened other than that Bro Derek, but I just can't stop turning it on. Um, so, yeah. oh, Drew McIntyre has his 837th title match against <laughs> Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. I don't think it's in the cell, um, but they really haven't put it out there that any of these matches are in the cell yet. Uh, and I think there's only like three matches so far that are solidified. But if one of them does end up in the cell, let it be Bailey and Bianca Belair. <laughs> oh, man. For a second, I thought it was like I had a little man with panic. I was like, is Hell in a Cell tonight? Should we be talking about Hell in a Cell? No, it's uh, it's next. Next it's Sunday? the 20th. So it's two. Okay. I think it's two weeks from today. Next next Sunday is in your house. Um, ah okay so that is coming up we'll 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 catch up and podcast before that show so we'll we'll take care of that uh anything worth uh worth it on nxt i swore i watched it and then i just read a recap and i guess i missed it this week i'm just still not uh all together since coming back Um, there was there was a champa sighting which is always appreciated um L.A. Knight going into his big million-dollar match against Cameron Grimes at In Your House took a loss to Atlas. Atlas, yes. I, I I saw the clip. I didn't actually watch the show. And for some reason in my mind, it's like, yeah, I watched NXT. Yeah, no, that's not. Um, We're getting uh, Ember Moon, Raquel Gonzalez at In Your House because uh, I think Shotzi's hurt. Um, mm. I'm not sure what happened to her, but I think she's hurt. Uh, so Ember and Ember and Raquel should be a good one. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't a whole lot of ah uh, uh, oh, I'm completely spaced. We had a triple threat match to determine the new number one contender for Karrion Cross in Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. About three quarters of the way into this match. All three men got mauled by Adam Cole. Um, oh, damn. Just destroyed them. Triple threat rules. This match should have continued. Uh, it just inexplicably kind of ended while security was taking Adam Cole out. Hmm. So there wasn't a winner. Karrion uh, Cross came out to cut a promo on Adam Cole uh, and told William Regal that uh, he didn't really care who his challenger was. In fact, he wanted all three of them so we are getting a fatal five-way match at in your house for the uh nxt championship uh that's a that's a, right. a, a big time group of five when you get yeah. cole and o'reilly gargano uh pete dunn and carrion cross who the crowd has just 
jump behind um, in a matter of like two weeks. It's it's been kind of crazy to watch, uh, and I don't I don't know what what kind of, hey, you need to cheer this way or that way <laughs> the crowd at Capitol Wrestling Center is given. Um, I know that they're, the people in the Thunderdome are told to do certain things. Right. Uh, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't at all. Because um, I, I was actually kind of shocked at how many people were like thumbs downing Bianca on SmackDown from Friday night. Uh, yeah. It was a little, was a little weird. Um but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's if they're being told to do it or not, but it seems like the crowds have gotten behind Karrion Cross pretty quickly. But that that should be a good one. Uh, and I think it might be kind of telling if any of those guys are headed to the main roster. Um, you know, who looks who looks like a superstar coming out of that match and uh, who walks away with the belt. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings us to SmackDown as well. Uh, who, what do you think of uh, Shinsuke's new friend? Oh, oh, I'm glad you brought up Rick Boobs. Um, I love this guy. Uh, I think more so than anything else, I his energy is electric. Him playing the the Shinsuke entrance theme is it, like I love it. Um. The way that Pat McAfee reacts to Boogs, <laughs> it 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 lights up my Friday nights. Well, I, I guess we'll, we'll call it like it is. It lights up my Sunday mornings when SmackDown <laughs> finally goes on Hulu. Um, the really the Rick Boogs is amazing. Uh, Pat McAfee is he's the best part of SmackDown. Um, just just hands down. If they lose him. Now that they're going on the road, I'm going to be so heartbroken. And and there's just an electricity on the screen that charisma just like comes through whatever screen you're watching. I, the first clip I saw was on my phone and I'm like, this guy is going to be huge. And like not. I mean, Elias is great and all that, but like there's just something there's something next level about this about this kid. And then if you go on his Instagram and he's like doing workouts and stuff while he's like soloing like Iron Maiden, uh, <laughs> the guy is insane and actually like does play the guitar really well, uh, which is a, a kind of a great combination. Um, and, I, you know, it's a weird combination to put him with Shinsuke, but also makes a lot of sense. And it like shines Shinsuke up like so much more to the level that he sh- he should be really. Uh, and it's kind of cool having that back. He, Rick Boogs is so electric. He has made, uh, I think this is the third week in a row now, where he has made a TV segment with Baron Corbin entertaining. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and that's not a that's not a full blown knock on Baron Corbin. What he does on SmackDown is like it sucks. It's boring as hell. His Instagram is great. Like he just does not give a shit. Like yeah. I need that guy's that personality on SmackDown because uh, opposite Rick Boogs, they, they could be the greatest thing on the show. Um, and then we got anything else worth uh, mentioning from SmackDown? The um, you know, it's a, it's a WWE booking thing where you get the same match, you know, uh, several weeks in a row. On this episode of SmackDown, the Usos challenged for the tag titles not once, 
but twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were the first 25 minutes of the show and the last 25 minutes wow. of the show. Um, the second time ended with Roman storming the ring and just absolutely destroying both Mysterios. Um, you know, Dominic has had some had some matches where he's taken some bumps and whatnot, but Roman's throwing him around like a rag doll. He got his introduction to like what life is going to be like real quick on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're just continuing to. I mean, Roman is is this uber beast. Um, I I truly hope that it wasn't some kind of like lazy ass way of getting a, a Roman Rey Mysterio match on the books, because at this point, let's be reasonable. Roman is going to absolutely destroy Rey Mysterio, <laughs> and I don't really want to see that. Um, but yeah, the the storyline with with Roman and the Usos continues to be entertaining. Uh, Roman continues to shine um, now that they are just letting him be and letting him and him and Heyman kind of kind of run with that. Um, outside of that, there there wasn't a whole lot. Um, Kevin Owens lost to Apollo Cruz because uh, he got jumped by Commander Aziz. I I'm starting to think they're trying to work that as a potential Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he also got jumped by Sami Zayn after the match was over. So I don't, hell, I don't know. Maybe we'll have like a, a fatal 82 way for the Intercontinental Championship <laughs> in, inside a Hell in a Cell. Um, who knows? A Hell in a Cell point. with an elimination chamber inside it as well? Um, they, they're they giving Carmella more TV time, even though she's not really in the, the title hunt. Um and I don't know if she's just more comfortable with like the character that they've got her now that like Reginald's out of the way and all that. Um, but there's something like electrifying about her when she's on screen now. Um, she's got a lot of personality now that she didn't really get to have before. Um, so that's, that's been kind of entertaining to watch her, you know, sort of get away from the sommelier and, uh, yeah. and have a bit more personality. Um, and it it wasn't this week, but they finally put last week's SmackDown on Hulu. I want to say it was like Tuesday of this week. Mm-hmm. So I, I finally got to watch it. Um, there's a segment where Bailey and Bailey and Michael Cole and Pat McAfee are on commentary. I don't know what the hell the match was, but Bailey and Pat McAfee just obliterating Michael Cole <laughs> <laughs> was it, 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 it was the best. Um, if Bailey ever gets hurt, they should just put her at the desk with Pat McAfee. And I think we would be set forever. Yeah. Every now and then it's crazy to realize like Michael Cole started off his career, like reporting in Kosovo when like all that, all those bombings and stuff were happening. And he's just a longtime WWE guy. I mean, I could imagine it. It was like, let me get, get me the fuck out of here. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be around bombs, please. Um, I'd rather be around Baron Corbin. He didn't know <laughs> that yet, but he'd rather be around Baron Corbin. Uh, it may, makes you wonder just how much ass he kisses, though, because <laughs> everybody else may come and go, but Michael Cole stays the same. <laughs> well, and then finally, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit AEW. Obviously, Andrade uh, El Idolo uh, showed up 
to to debut there, and we've got a, maybe a lot going on there. Um, so we had a Death Triangle versus the Young Bucks, uh, Pac and um, Penta specifically. Um, one of the things I like before the match is that Frankie Kazarian attacked Nakazawa in his whole kind of elite hunter uh, bit. What were you going to say? The one thing that did not work for me uh, was that like an hour later in the program, Nakazawa is fine in that backstage shit with Kenny Omega. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's just That's sitting true. there like nothing happened. I was like, I know nobody caught it because that was probably filmed like two weeks ago or something. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it's, I was like, what the, I just watched that guy get the shit beat out of him. Like somebody had to have caught that. Uh, but yeah, that I, I like the Frankie Kazarian just kind of sneaks up, whoops somebody's ass and disappears. And uh, and here's what I like about it too, is that I realized that most of the time in wrestling, what we've, at least with the WWE and stuff like that, it's always a heel attacking a face, like sneaky like that. And then in going away, but I like this kind of revenge, getting getting revenge on the heels and just kind of like sneak sneak attack and then then go away. I like that it's a face kind of going after a heel uh, and especially heels that are cheating in every single match that we watch. And I know what they're doing in AEW, but let's just balance a little bit. Let's have a couple clean wins here and there. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, I mean, that. Because at the end of the day, the Young Bucks are still the best tag team in the world. Yeah. So let them at least win a couple to to maintain that. I mean, unless you've got a direct line and you know you can get Jeff Hardy in six months, <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's kind of your only your only like because then you can have that match where the the guys that that can win this clean could could t- take you down. But yeah, yeah, they, you can't. You, you can't have the best bout machine constantly winning because Don Callis is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> like it's at the end of the day, you've got to get to a point where these guys do win a couple in yeah. just, just normal fashion. I do like that Penta had two masks on. So he <laughs> withstood the young bucks trying to rip off the one mass. I was like, still got on one. Didn't, didn't bother him. Uh, so it sounds like we won't see John Moxley him taking those those BTE triggers, those multiple BTE triggers in the match on last Sunday is him being on the shelf for a couple months. Paternity leave makes sense. Renee is about to have a baby any any moment now. Um, and. Yeah, what else? Mark Henry shows up, says he's going to do some stuff, kind of feel bad for Big Show a little bit or Paul White. Because it feels like Mark Henry is just coming, kind of really taking the job that uh, that Paul White wanted. But you know, did did you read or listen to that interview that I think Mark Henry? It was on Busted Open, maybe that Mark Henry did, where he talked to Vince and he was explaining why he wanted to do this. Um, yeah, basically, there his his goal is to do more community outreach. Mm. basically be the the chief brand officer like like stephanie is in wwe um which you know there's there's obviously a a barrier if that's the that's the job that you want yeah Um, but yeah i mean i I, i'm cool with it i know he's he's he did kind of jump the line uh but i i kind of think that that not big show uh paul white um 
I think he likes what he's doing. Um, mm. It's nothing flashy, um, but I think he he's got that same mentor role that uh, Mark Henry's got too. So, you know, it's that's kind of what they were looking for. And then just a quick uh, rest of the way, Inner Circle's basically doing singles matches with all the different members of the Pinnacle. They're going to keep that going. Um, MMA match. I mean, we'll see what that is, I guess. Um, but uh, and then, you know, you didn't have to watch too much because there is uh, two Nightmare Family uh, family matches in the middle of the show and ending the show. Where, I got um, to skip a lot of this one. <laughs> Um, a bull rope match, which Dustin Rhodes ended up on top. That was actually pretty decent, um, but because it didn't involve QT Marshall or Anthony Gogo for you, so I think that that worked out. Um, I, I did, I did watch that one. I there's there's still always going to be a soft spot for me for uh, for Dustin. Um, he will forever be Gold Dust, but yeah. um, the I I do like when they let him do these bull rope matches, and he he takes the he takes the big bumps even at his yeah. age. Um, so I, I did watch that one. Uh, I, I skipped if, if, you know, I explained the TNT app. If you skip past the little lines, you don't have to watch any commercials. So I skipped to the second half of that match when they actually started doing things. But, um, yeah, that one wasn't bad, but I, I 100% it, as soon as QT Marshall pops up on screen, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. One thing I go back to the inner circle. I do like the, <laughs> That they were like, oh, look under your chairs. Everyone's got a shirt, and everyone indeed, indeed had a shirt. Then we got to Britt Baker, where it's like, look under your chairs. Everyone has a, a coupon for free double cheeseburger, and uh, she didn't have the. There was nothing under there, so I, I liked that commitment to the uh, or the callback to the earlier T-shirt thing, um, uh, and waste of burgers, I guess. Yeah. And we're gonna have Nyla Rose as the first real challenger. It looks like so. It it is what it is. I yeah. I thought that that whole segment was kind of stupid. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Um, I I read an article right after uh, what show did we go? Double or nothing. That mm. basically was talking about how you know for for all of their bl- bluster and and showmanship and and all this about creating women's wrestling, uh, you know. Eight years later, AEW finally created like the top women's wrestler in the world right now. Um, like it, it, it finally exists mm-hmm. uh, in Britt Baker. Like she got over on her own. That whole crowd in Jacksonville was, it, I mean, we were in Brittsburg. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it was huge. So, the, I mean, they recycled the same fucking thing from last week. Like it was, it was Sheeta's celebration all over again. Um, and why in the, why in the hell was was Hollywood Hunk Namath in the ring as part of this? <laughs> like it was the most random hodgepodge group of people like ever. Uh, it should have just been Brit and Rebel Reba, whatever the hell she is from day to day, and uh, Shivani, like. That yeah. that was fine. Have Nyla come out and like, you know, push her down or something. But like, I, I felt like that was. Uh, yeah. What was the point in doing it with Sheeta a week ago? If you're going to turn around and do the exact same fucking thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, yeah. And then wasteful. back to that 
that promo you were talking about with Don Callis and Kenny Omega, they're promising some footage that's going to show the you know, like kind of being being cheated and all that stuff. It was like mm, kind of sounds like a little bit like Sami Zayn to me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's it's definitely got a. Um, I, I don't know which YouTuber they'll bring in to <laughs> to help sell this documentary, but uh, yeah, that it felt a little a little reminiscent of Sami Zayn's uh, last six months. Um, and they're going to blow the lid off of something. All the footage going on on those monitors was Kenny Omega hitting Pac with title belts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't I'll, know. I'll forgive them, though, if instead of a YouTube personality, if it's a uh, famed documentarian, Werner Herzog, uh, who was also the end of the first season of The Mandalorian, or he was the bad guy. Uh, I, I'll, I will uh, I will be happy with that. I could listen to that man talk all day and talk about a conspiracy against Kenny Omega. That's all right. But if Kenny Omega shows up next week in a weird ass pink suit and starts dancing around, then, okay, yes, maybe they're copying WWE at that point. Yeah, I I'm kind of interested to see what this this whole parlay between Impact and AEW on Impact this week is going to be. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on uh, unless this whole thing is like a they're trying to spin it as if all the companies are out to get. Kenny and Don, but yeah. if that was the case, then Andrade showing up on AEW wouldn't have been to issue a vaguely, you know, stated challenge to Miro. It would have been to go right after Omega. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. That's one and other then, thing that that I I've, I've wondered. Say Andrade wins that AAA match. Do we just ignore that on AEW? Um, if if he's like in the mid card, that's, oh, the, that's the guy that beat Omega. I I don't know. I, I think I, they can't ignore it. If he wins the that that triple A belt, I don't think they can ignore it. But I mean that would that would basically line up to where he'd just come at Omega at all out, right? Yeah, and I feel like Omega has to start losing these championships, and I think it has to be the ones that are not the AEW world championship first. I think it has to be like down to where he only has the, the AEW championship left and he'll do anything to keep it, you know, type of thing. I think that's how it has to go. Um, but yeah. And then a uh, final bonus, we got Steve Cutler forgotten son on impact. Oh my God. Why is Cutler Stevenson in the impact? Zone? <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Is well, that that's his real name though, isn't it? I don't know. I, don't I think know. he's going by something else, but he had some kind of like jazz music, like vignette, the him drinking whiskey to listen to jazz music. Oh, so we, we've got a, a new teammate in beer money. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's that it guy. for us uh, this week. We've got uh takeover coming up next weekend. So we'll, we'll come, come at you with a new episode before then, assuming Matt doesn't die before then. Uh, yeah. Knock on wood. COVID. <laughs> All right. See you next time. All right.